0: Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface-level conversation?
1: Not us. I'm Samantha. And
0: I'm Christian, two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of
1: life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. there.
0: Hi, Samantha. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are here today. Obviously, our podcast is called Life in the Middle. We named it Life in the Middle for a lot of reasons, but it's one season that's just really hard and awkward, and we wanted to have conversation around that. Mm -hmm. But Samantha, why do you think it's just so weird? Why is it such an odd season?
1: Well, we've chatted about a lot of things that make it difficult, but I think one of the things that we keep coming back to is just the expectations that are kind of on this stage of life. And I don't know, it brought up really interesting topics when we started figuring out what those expectations are and really where they come from, because... We asked each other that. We're like, okay, there's weird expectations that your life look a certain way after college and into marriage and then into having children. But where do we get those ideas from? And at first, we really didn't know. We kind of had to brainstorm.
0: Yeah. At first, I was like, we probably get a lot of those expectations from social media, from what other people ask of us. I think that's like a huge one when you graduate college. It's the easy thing to say, what job are you going to take? And when you get married, it's an easy thing for people to ask, when are you going to have kids? And so the expected item is just like the next on the list that people always ask you about. So I think a lot of the expectation comes from that. I think it also just comes from the perceived expectation we get from other people, that people, we think that your life should look a certain way. It should follow a certain order. And if it's not following that, then we feel really lost and chaotic and just awkward about life in the middle in our 20s.
1: Because up until college, our life is kind of linear. If you think about it, it's like we don't really have many responsibilities other than like growing older year by year. Really? I mean you go grade by grade. Everything is just like a natural progression. You graduate and you either, I mean, I think it's more common now for people maybe not to go to college, but you do something after that. You go on, that is like the natural time that you just like become this adult. And so it's kind of what we're used to is just like a linear life progression. And so I think when we hit our 20s, we start to get really confused because we see that everyone is in such different places. You have your people that decide to continue with education and go into grad school, and then you have people that get married young, maybe like me, and want to start pursuing a family right away, and then you have people that get married and maybe want to wait a long time before they start a family, and I
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many different people in different stages of your life, and you don't. Feels really chaotic. I think part of it is also that God is a God of order, and He does make things happen in a certain time frame that he deems right. Yeah. And so I do think as images of him and people created by him, I think there is this desire in all of our hearts to have order and to have that peace in knowing like this is what's next. And so I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to feel the tension between, gosh, like I don't feel like my life is in order, but also like, how do we not compare? I feel like I have fallen into comparison of comparing my life against someone else's. Maybe we're the same age, maybe our kids are the same age, or maybe we're both married, and I'm constantly comparing everything about my life with theirs. And so how do you get out of that? I mean, how do you not do that?
1: That is just so hard to not fall into that. I mean, I know with my story, there's been times where I felt like really strong and bold and confident just in where God has Justin and I in our life. And there's been times where I've really fallen into that trap. And for us, that kind of goes back to building our family. So we got married really young and I had cancer as a child. And so we knew that building our family might look really, really different. And That started out where we were kind of in this, I don't know, when you know you're about to face a struggle, you kind of have this like confidence and this I can conquer it type feeling. I really was leaning into God. And that led us through some really hard losses before we eventually started pursuing adoption. And that brought us to my three-year-old Emerson. I guess I could go back and say during that time, it wasn't as difficult because none of our friends really had kids yet. We were kind of the first, when we first got pregnant and then I lost that baby at about 18 weeks, we were the only ones I knew my age to even be thinking about starting a family because we got married so young. So that time it wasn't as hard, but over the years, a lot more of my friends did start building their family and it was like Literally, you have sex and have a baby, like how it should be and how God created it to be. And that's just not how it has been for us. And so there would be days where I would get really frustrated in that. And I would compare and I would start looking at the timeline of, okay, well, adoption takes a while and I'm this old and they're that old and already have their second. And what's it going to look like for us to have our second? And that's really where I've been the past two years because from about the time that my daughter was one, I was feeling really ready to add to our family. And like I said, for most people, that just means getting off of birth control or being intentional and having your next child, like thinking through a few things, but not really. And for Justin and I, that's a lot of really hard decisions. That's a lot of financial decisions we have to make. That's a lot of dynamics with adoption and each of our children's adoption stories that we have to take into account. and so. It, It just feels really complicated. And so Justin hadn't been as ready to start that process again. And I think as I've reflected deep down, I think I would have been fine with adding another baby right away. But I actually was really, really feeling content with just being Emerson's mom and enjoying her. But what would happen is I would start comparing to you or our other friends that were having their babies back to back. And I think I always, my mom had four kids pretty back to back. So I I just assumed that would be my progression. And because that isn't how our stories looked, there have been days where I've really fallen into that comparison of like, okay, she just turned three. By the time we add our next child, how old will she be? Will that dynamic be weird? But it's this goes back to how we battle that comparison. When I go back to the truth of knowing that God has each of our stories and our timelines and our positions in life so perfectly planned out already, he has everything set in stone. When I can go back to that, I feel so much freedom and peace, and I don't feel the need to compare. I can genuinely be excited when another friend tells me they're pregnant with their second or just being hopeful and excited for when we do add to our family and knowing that that's going to be the perfect timing and the perfect situation and the perfect child for our family. So I think it is a constant battle. It's like that with anything in life where we can constantly be comparing, but I definitely think it comes from those expectations of like, this is how it should look and I think it even can depend on like where you live. It's really what the people around you are doing. Because I have friends who live in other cities who, I mean, think it's just insane (laughs) that me and a lot of my friends already have kids at the age of 26. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just can't even fathom it. And so I don't know. How do you fight comparison
0: in that? Yeah. No, well, I was going to say too, I think it's important to note that like I love that when you share your story. Obviously, we've walked many years together now and so I've been able to sit next to you in those things. But it's cool for me and I think it's important for like anyone listening to this to hear that you've not had these like great, perfect, joyful days every yeah. single day. Not every day have you said like, "Lord, like I know you have a plan for my mm-hmm. life. I know it's going to be great." There's been days of grief, there's been yeah. weeks of grief. Like there have been really hard times where I don't know if you would maybe say doubt, but you have for sure had to say, like, Lord, like, I know in my mind that, like, you have a better plan, but in my heart, am I like, not feeling that
1: right now? I feel now. like you've actually heard me say that. Yes. <laughs> like, I know yes. the truth, but I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say that very And I often. think that's an okay thing. For you, even as a
0: faithful person and like knowing that like your life is held in God's hand, I think it's okay that you're there sometimes. And so I think that even goes back to having like a support system and people who you can be vulnerable with and you can ask for them to pray for you and be there with you and Justin in that. And so I want anyone to hear that who's listening, that. This comparison game, obviously, we fight against comparing ourselves to other people because no one, God has planned our stories for exactly us and no one else. But I think it's okay to have times where it is really hard. And it's, again, it's a season of grief and pain. And again, I think that's just part of that this world is not how it's supposed to be.
1: And not only do I think it's okay, I think you actually need to have that because I learned that, oh my gosh, about five years ago now with our very first loss, when we weren't expecting that all. I mean, it was a total miracle pregnancy, I've been told. I mean, any pregnancy is actually a total miracle when you think about it. But I mean, I was told I would probably never conceive naturally. And when that happened, and then it was a really sudden loss at 18 weeks. I mean, you have to sit in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you cannot heal and move on. And that's actually when my faith, there's been a few moments in my life where I think my faith has become super genuine for me. But I was forced to sit there with God and say, This is not how you designed it. And I'm angry. I'm angry that I'm looking around at everyone else. And it is how you designed it. Like, why can't it be easy for me? Or why can't it just be your design? And what are you trying to show me in this? And I think that brings you to a place where you're able to then seek truth back and kind of like refreshes you with that hope. And I think, like you said, having community to also remind me in those days where I'm telling you, like, I know truth, but I'm not feeling it. Just first of all, to listen, like not having someone try to remind me of truth all the time. It's like deep down, I know that. Sometimes you just need a friend to be like, yeah, this really sucks. I agree. It shouldn't be this way for you. That's so important. But then also to kind of remind you back to that. But there's something more that you can hold on to. I think you have to sit in that. If you're walking through anything, whether it's something way smaller than maybe what I went through, maybe way larger. It's like that is so necessary in not only healing from grief, but also just kind of growing in who we are as a person in general. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, Samantha, like, walk us through. I want to go, like, a little deeper, obviously, through these years, and especially the last two you mentioned, like, really craving, wanting a second child, but not... God's not given that to you yet. What has it looked like for you to be friends with other people? You know, I've had a baby in the time. A lot of our friends have had babies. What has that looked like to walk alongside other people who are, like, getting the exact thing that you really want? So, like, what's that comparison look like? What does celebrating them look like even in the time of your, like, grief or pain?
1: Well, I think part of it for me is what I kind of said where I really genuinely think up until more recently, I think I actually wasn't wanting that second child as much as I was convincing myself I did because it was kind of like, well, I know I can't have that super easily. So, and I'm seeing everyone else do that. So I think that's like we were saying with expectations, that's what I should be wanting. When I actually think God was just giving me this peace to really enjoy Emerson, to get to know her and who she is and spend so much time with her. And I think now more recently when I see that happen easily for friends, I again, think I have been given in some ways a really weird just piece about it. I genuinely am able to celebrate most of my friends and like really love and support them. I also think it's the way that my friends who know me well have approached it with me. I mean, just with such tenderness, there's no like magic to it. There's not like some certain thing I need them to say, but it's just my friends that genuinely know me. I told someone a long time ago, like, please don't exclude information from me. And maybe that's part of it, too. Like, I've been really upfront with this is what I need. This is how I'm feeling. Because maybe there are people that if they're walking through what I've walked through, they don't feel like they want to hear every detail about a friend's pregnancy. Or we were talking about there's certain people that might need to stay home from a shower if they're walking through grief. I mean, for me, that's something that when I've been invited to showers after loss, like friends usually check in with me. And again, I've felt okay going there and being able to kind of separate the two in my mind, but you kind of really have to do what's best for you too, but communicate that with your friend because they might not know that they're hurting you by sharing details of their life. And then you might be able to easily get to a place where you can hear those things over time and genuinely be happy. But it's hard to be happy for someone when you're in extreme grief and you're not thinking straight. In for the sure. first place. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think the one cool thing too, about talking about like authentic relationship and in comparison, you're able to really share like vulnerable feelings with people. I remember one time you and I were even talking about this very topic and I felt like I had been checking in about it often. And I was like, I wonder if that's like triggering for her in her comparison or if that's hard. And I just simply asked like, how often do you want me to check in with you? What do you want me to do? And you said like, I was so proud of you because I don't Honestly, I left. I remember, and I was like, I don't know if I would have said the same thing because I feel like I would have felt pressure to do different. But you said, like, thanks so much for act- like asking. Actually, could you not check in with me yeah. until this time? And it was like three that. months down the road. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because I remember thinking, like, gosh, I don't know if I would have been able to have the self awareness of my compare. Like, I, you know, you had said, like. I am prone to compare and I don't want you asking about this because it's going to make me think more about it than I like need to or sulk in that or whatever. I don't I'd even know your exact emotion at that time. But I said, like, no, I'm so proud of like that you could say I need some time. Don't ask me. And yeah. but I was so thankful that like you and I had the relationship that I could ask that and you felt like you could be vulnerable back. And like, truthfully answering. Yeah. And so I think that's cool when you build like an authentic friendship that you can have conversations that are really vulnerable. And you know, those points for people that I think sometimes you need to lean into comparison and really challenge that and really fight against that. I think other times you just need to grieve some things. Obviously, you know, a situation like that is really tender and sensitive for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think too, going back to how do you fight that comparison, this sounds so cheesy and like really you're going to say that, but I think when I'm in those hard days or just hard seasons or I think in that period of time where I said like don't ask me until this date, it's because Justin and I were going through a time where we had like tabled having the conversation. And so I'm like, okay, if anyone's asking me about this, (laughs) it's just reminding me of the fact that like we're not ready to make that decision yet and that's like frustrating or hard or whatever I was feeling at the time. But I think what we can also do is go back to just like, okay, what can I be thankful for? Again, that sounds so cheesy, I know. But what that I do that a lot. I'm no. like, okay, well, I am thankful that we have our daughter. And you kind of have to get to a point, too, with hard things in life. I've talked to other people who have gone through, you know, my cancer as a child, like walking through some of that. I've talked to other people who have gone through hard health things. It's like you have to kind of look, not complete worst case scenario, but think, okay, God, like if this is what you've given me and I never get another thing that my heart desires, like, are you still good to me? And that's a question I've had to go back to a lot. And I think at first, I don't think I could answer that honestly, but over time, by the grace of God, I think he's shown me that it's like, well, really, we don't deserve any of this goodness, but by his grace and love, he like gives us these blessings. And so I think he genuinely wants good for us and he wants to give us the desire of our hearts, but it just doesn't always look the way that we've planned it to be. Another last thing I'll say about like how I can fight that comparison in my situation, and I think these things can apply to a lot of other things, is just reflecting on God's faithfulness in the past. Because when I look back and I can see how awesome and like beautiful our adoption story was and how we were led there by loss, I think... I can use that to look for the future or towards the future and know that he has something just as perfect planned out. And it's probably going to look so different from the way I'm dreaming it up in my head. And it's going to be way better. So yeah, as I'm thinking about it, I think you really can apply that to so many things in life, whether it's comparison about someone's job that you're envying or. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it can apply to everything.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about something like really sensitive and deep here in comparison. But I do think like, I think it's important to even, yeah, like you said, apply this to even like really cliche things. I can remember a lot of times I got into my career like right out of college, started working for a TV broadcast affiliate, and – I was there for six years after, like, post-grad and quickly climbed the corporate ladder. I remember my friends. (laughs) Boss babe, hashtag. um, I remember people just saying like, oh gosh, like you are just so set. You're like doing so well. And me being an achiever, I loved that. I was like eating it up and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like I would come home and I was like totally stressed. I remember my husband and I having arguments about how late I was working or whatever it would be. And as cheesy as it again, like it sounds, but like the grass is always greener too. Like it was really easy for other people to say, oh wow, like Christian is totally like succeeding in her job and this is really awesome. But like I was really overwhelmed and, like, really hurting, and I didn't like who I was becoming in this, like, corporate world either. And so I was, like, stressed with that. You could use the same business example of, like, having a small business. Like, I have a wedding planning business, and a lot of people think that is so, you know. Dream career. Just, like, dream career. Oh, my gosh, like, that's magical. You must, like, just be around all this love. And it's like, no, that's actually not really what it is. And I hate to, like, I don't want to, like – diminish like what it is because I am so like proud of it and I love it but it's also like the grass is always greener to an outside perspective and I think sometimes when we are struggling with comparison we have to step back and remember that because I so easily look at someone else and I'm like oh they have the perfect whatever they have the perfect house oh my gosh she has the perfect body she has the perfect wardrobe and in reality like those things probably don't feel perfect to her and they're
1: for sure not fulfilling them either as I'm sitting here hearing you talk and kind of going like bigger picture, even just for my story that we've been talking about. It's like, that seems so easy when we think, okay, we know that every girl struggles with things. Everything that we view as perfect in their life clearly isn't. They all have insecurities. They all have things. But you know what I think as I'm like processing, like how are we actually able to see that in others? I really think it has to be when we get to know people at a deeper level because it's so easy to do that with people. The people I do that I think the most with are the people that I like just know from the outside a little bit, like more acquaintances. I think when we actually genuinely ask people questions about who they are, how they're doing hard things they've been through, which is like, I know it's not easy for everyone, but that is like my thing. I feel <laughs> like I could get into a life story with like the cashier lady wherever I am. But I think when we get to know the things that have hurt people in their life and the things that seem unfair to them, it's like we can almost see them not on an equal playing field, but just more human, that we all have things, we all have like scars and things we've been through. And it just helps me, not that you would want to like know something hard about someone to make them to be less jealous or to compare less, but I think it does help us to remember that they are humans too, created equally by God. And sometimes we can just like idolize the idea of people and not really even know who they are.
0: And I think it's important, like, going beyond that comparison to also learn how to, like, celebrate friends in their accomplishments and, like, what they have that we don't. I remember a lot of my story, like, I have had a lot of hardship with friendships. And a lot of that came from, like, I wasn't able to celebrate my friends because I couldn't see the value in what they were bringing to the table that I wasn't. And I hate to say that, like, I don't like that coming out of my mouth. But really, like I wasn't good at celebrating other people because I was only comparing myself to what they could do and I couldn't or what they had and what I didn't. And so I do think we have to learn how to celebrate people and that goes back to understanding that like God has a story for their life that's different than mine and that he may take them through hardships or may take them through great things that I will never go through. But it's part of their story and part of them hopefully becoming more like Christ and knowing him in a deeper level that is just going to be different than me and learning how to like celebrate women alongside you in that.
1: That's really good. And I think so much of that comes from confidence, when you're a confident woman or person in general, you really are able to look at other people and say, I don't have to feel something negative towards you to make myself feel better. And I mean, I feel like we could get into a whole nother topic with confidence. Like that has always been something important to me because I feel like I've always been a pretty confident person. We all have our days. We all have our insecurities. I would say you're a really confident person. And I can genuinely say that that literally comes from hardships that I've had to Fall on my knees with the Lord and say, like, this is literally not about me. Like, you make me into who you want me to be. And that helps us, like you were saying, go back to, okay, God has my story written so purposely, I don't need anyone else's story. And when we can do that, like you were just saying, and basically just reiterating it, like, we can really genuinely be happy for where other people are at in theirs. It's really freeing.
0: Yeah, it's super freeing. I have a great friend. We are acquaintances with this girl. That I remember getting to know her more and more, and she is so good at pointing out other people's wins and celebrate like other people. Like she is the first girl when you walk in, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, girl, you look good today." And sometimes I I feel so awkward, and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, stop pointing it out!" Like, yes, I tried to do my hair different this morning, but like sometimes it's really awkward. But I'm like, no, like that is a huge gift that she has. She can so greatly celebrate other people. She's a cheerleader, yeah, and she's awesome at it. And so. I have told her this before, but like since knowing her and getting to know her over the years, I'm like, I want to be more like you in that way because you're so good at that. And even just like she is the first person who's always sending me a text of encouragement or thinking about just like how to encourage or celebrate something she saw in me or a change that I told her I was working on or whatever that may be. And I think as women, sometimes that's really hard when we are – envious and jealous and we are comparing ourselves to other people. But if we can get in the habit of seeing our story in the exact place it's supposed to be and other people's story, I think we can be women who like cheer each other on authentically to actually like, again, become more of who Christ has made us to be and do that in a championing way with other women.
1: Yeah. I feel like as we kind of wrap this conversation up, I just want to throw out a challenge that we would all compliment someone this week. I know that sounds really dumb, but Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think we think that's awkward or weird, but it really is a good exercise for me to sometimes to say like, okay, I'm going to look outside of myself and try to see the beauty and the good in someone else. I think that can really go a long way. Hey, thanks for going there with us.
0: If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast.
1: And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.